0: Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome. To the latest hr on the offensive podcast it's me chris howard coming to you direct from the new lace office i think i've only done one or two of these podcasts before so if i sound like i'm in a cave it's because we don't have very good soundproofing in this office so that's my caveat out of the way what i wanted to do today is talk about it's an interesting conversation this one because i was talking to one of our our team members one of our laces a few weeks ago about some content that we've talking about you know HR and HR's almost brand and does HR have a bit of a branding problem and she said I know somebody that we can get on the podcast that would be ace to talk about this so I'm going to introduce Lisa first and then we'll get our guests on Georgie Sutton how are you doing
1: yeah good thanks Chris happy to be here this morning
0: Yes, making your debut, I believe.
1: Making my debut, yeah. joined LACE a few months ago, so very happy to be on the
0: podcast. Yeah, we'll get you on for many more, I'm sure, as well. So as I was saying, you and I had a conversation about HR. Do some HR functions need to think about branding, or do they just need to get better at shouting about what they do? And that's when you said, I've got just the person, and we'll introduce her now. It's uh, Jocelyn Thompson, who works at uh, Virgin Media 02. Jocelyn, how are you doing?
2: I'm very good, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? It's lovely to be on today.
0: Yeah, it's lovely to have you on. It's lovely to have you on. So we're going to talk about HR. Does it have a branding problem? We're going to fire some... George and I are going to fire some questions at you. Before we do that, let's do a bit of credentials tech. If you can give our lovely listeners just a bit of background in terms of who you are and what you do and your kind of work history as well.
2: So at the moment, I am the Director of People Strategy transformation, and People Products at Virgin Media O2. That includes looking after what our people strategy is, um, our people products comprise of talent, leadership, engagement, well-being, the full cohort that exists in your people offering. My background, however, is not HR, which I feel like a little bit of a fraud on this podcast. I come from a transformation background. I used to be a management consultant. I'm sure no one will hold that against me. I um I started my life as a transformation specialist and looked at how organisations transform, which is a massively overused term now, but really came down to understanding that organisations don't change themselves, people do. And that was where my passion and enthusiasm for people came from.
0: Nice, nice. So Georgie, let's kick this one off and I'll get some of your thoughts first and then we'll ask Josh as well. So the conversation that we had, I guess this is a bit of an intro overall state of the nation. What are your thoughts? Does HR generally have a bit of a branding problem?
1: Yeah. So I think you you mentioned, Chris, around how this conversation came about. I think that how we position HR to the business, I know, is a really sort of hot topic that we've seen lots of articles about in terms of, you know, HR as a bit of a support function is I think how it's quite commonly or traditionally thought about. And I think we know as sort of HR professionals, and I think there is a growing trend of actually really seeing HR as a quite a strategic player. So actually, how can HR be that advisor to the organization? And I think within our HR communities, we feel really strong about this, but I think one of the issues that we face is how do we communicate that out to the wider business and really position ourselves as that strategic player. And one of the things is, you know, how do we communicate that? So I think a lot of people within an organization, they see HR as sort of the problem case. You know, I've got an issue, let me go to HR. It's quite reactive. It's quite, you know, they're the people that are going to deal with all my issues and we'll sort of sort it out. But actually, you know, behind the scenes, and I know just works really strongly in sort of this space around sort of people products and those HR initiatives, there's so much that HR functions do that is so proactive and it's so you know forward thinking in terms of supporting people within an organization the types of initiatives that they offer so actually it's how can HR get much better at articulating those positives and that forward thinking outlook to really position themselves as as yeah that strategic player.
0: Josh from your side overall state of the nation of does HR have a branding problem?
1: I think
2: HR definitely has a branding problem. I think it's to be to be transactional and bureaucratic and there to solve things that are associated with restructuring and you know people challenges that line managers are not sure how to deal with rather than strategic thought partners about how you really empower and enable your workforce to drive the change that you see in your business so you absolutely agree with everything she has said
1: Firstly, I think you know it's difficult to, I guess, answer this whole problem on this podcast. If only we could, but just what are your initial thoughts on actually what HR can do to to sort of help better articulate what we do as a function out to the wider business?
2: I think it just goes back to understanding how you contract and your positioning. So when you're sitting with your board around that table, as a as a CPO, and I'm not a CPO, but when I think about my CPO, it's really understanding the commercials of what we're trying to achieve. And then how do you enable the different people components to bring that to life? So, you know, what are you doing to drive high performance? We're in a volatile and predictable world. You need a workforce that is adaptable. What are you doing to enable reskill and upskill programs to empower that? How are you incentivizing your people to put your customers first? All of those are critical people questions that enable a strategic direction of travel.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? It's asked, being able to ask those questions and being asked those questions at that kind of that senior level. When I when I hear people talking about we need to think more strategically around anything, you know, business, HR, whatever it is, quite often it's quite a an open, all encompassing sort of phrase. What is it that HR needs to do to be thinking more strategically? I know that's that's a pretty sort of meta, macro, sort of wide ranging question, but you know. I get to ask the questions on this podcast, so <laughs> well,
2: that is a big question. So if I if I strip it back to how we're approaching it, um, and yeah. it starts with understanding the macroeconomic context, right? So we know that there are accelerating headwinds facing organisations left, right, and centre from inflation to the acceleration of of technology advancement so ai will have a fundamental impact on the workforce and how we work today start with that big picture understand what are those big things that are facing into organizations at the moment what are the people implications for that what's your er landscape look like and then you know understand well what levers is your organization going to pull in its strategy over the next year next 18 months next 24 months Really understanding, and I've spent the last sort of three weeks in our three-year plan, understanding, well, what does that mean for our people? What do we need our workforce to be equipped with in order to deliver those components? Um, And then break it down into your different portions of what HR typically looks at. So what do you need from a strategic workforce perspective? How does that translate to what you need to do for performance management? What do you need to then align that with? or your talent acquisition strategy, what are you going to build, what are you going to buy, what are you going to borrow, what will motivate your people to help you achieve or attain that that ambition, and that's really where I've sort of broken it down into bite-sized chunks, where's your organisation at, at the moment? I think we so often have these really big ambitions without understanding where your organization is positioned today. We've just done an organisational health index review of our, you know, 16,000 people to understand where we are. What's our cultural positioning? Have we got the right values or the behaviours right? Is our leadership framework there? And I think it's all of those things in light of what do you want to achieve as an organisation? What's your purpose? What's your why? And what levers are you pulling to get this strategically?
1: Absolutely. And Joss, I think I find it really interesting in terms of your background being in transformation. Like you said, you started as a management consultant and you've moved into HR. So sort of what do you think, you know, from your background, from your experience and from that mindset of being, you know, in consultancy and also in transformation and that and sort of agile mindset? How has that influenced your approach to being a sort of HR leader?
2: I think for me, a growth mindset is pivotal right? So we know that you cannot stay stagnant in today's world, you need to adapt and grow. But there's so many components from Agile that I love, like fail fast, or forward, you know, understand that failure is okay. And I think that's where some of your growth moments happen, is you'll try something based on some data insights, you'll test, you'll learn, you'll iterate and be like, whoa, that did not work. Scrap that, roll back, do something different. And I think that's what I bring in. I also bring in, you know, a different perspective of the fact that you have got really diverse populations in your workforce understanding that there needs to be a degree of personalization. If we're doing that for customers, why are you not doing that for your people? So those are some of the things that I bring from my transformation background.
0: Do you know what's really interesting? You just, you're just talking about that. I've got a, another question just popped into my head as you were talking about that, Joss. Do you think that, and I'm not talking specifically around your business, but just what, you know, peers that you speak to in the industry, HR professionals you speak to in the industry, do you think that there is enough being... For not being afraid to fail when you're trying initiatives that go on, because it just strikes me that that's kind of your mindset this agile mindset. It's like, try stuff. If it doesn't work, then we'll try something else until we hit the nail on the head. And I think for me as a marketeer, that's kind of, I live a lot of my life like that. It's very much, you know, let's try something, let's try this bit of you know direct marketing activity or whatever it is. And if it doesn't work, then we just know it doesn't work and we try it again. So do you think there's enough of that amongst the, your peers in the HR space? Do you think there needs to be more of that? Just generally give me some thoughts around that idea of don't be afraid to fail.
2: I, I don't think there's enough of that in the world today. I think people are terrified of failure. And I think it's all about the environment in which we create. I I love the product development model, which I know you've spoken about a little bit, but essentially it looks at, it's a continuous improvement model, which is what it comes down to. You try something based on what you think will work. You test it, you pilot it, if it doesn't work, so what? You know, and I think it's taking calculated risk. And I, I think HR can be risk in both, and that's deliberately because they're people involved. But actually, if you piloted something phenomenal, you thought, wow, wouldn't that be exceptional? We did it when we built our new family for our new policies. We're like, we're going to tie a different approach. We are going to build this with our people for our people. And that was the principle that we took into the model. And it was an amazing success, which built out what the rest of our people product development looked like. So I think being less risk averse, understanding what's at stake and starting small, growing bigger when you know more, I think is a great opportunity.
1: What advice would you give just to other HR leaders or HR departments who are looking to apply that similar people products model, and when they're looking to launch their big HR initiatives?
2: A lot of organisations already have product delivery models in place. I would go and spend some time with them, understand how do they gain customer insights? What do they know customers want? How are they applying it? How do they build? How do they iterate? You know, do you start with a backlog and then you build features? They so speak, that, you know, customers will want first, what's your minimum viable product that actually makes it work? How do you measure success? Data is so powerful in the way products are utilised. They look at growth usage, uh, where could you optimise for efficiency? I think there is a lot that you could go after, but really spending time with your product development teams is an interesting place to start.
0: Yeah, certainly. Just... On the um, When we spoke Because obviously Before when we do These podcasts We always have a little Chat with the uh, speaker And we talk about Some of the the, the podcast Angles or the topics That we're going to go through One of the things That we got into Talking about Which I thought Was quite interesting So I'd I'd love Just to get your take On this Was this idea Around being better At shouting About what you do And the successes That you have In uh, the white papers That we've produced Previously in HR On the offensive But actually also In our HR shared services You know Becoming people Solutions experts One of the things that we talked about was learning the lessons from other functions like sales or finance whatever it is where they're very very good at almost standing up and saying look at this work that we've done internally within the business and it really does elevate And i guess this comes back to the central question that we were talking about with regards to hr's brand so can i get to some thoughts from you in terms of i guess learning from other functions to really champion what you do also from your point of view within your business like what are the things that you do to make sure that you put your head above the parapet and say hey look at all of the great stuff we're doing have you got any sort of examples of of some of the the comms or things that you do internally at, at virgin to make sure that you know everyone knows about the good work that you're doing
2: so i would say we're on our development journey to this we haven't absolutely smashed it yet but I have a real desire over the next 6 to 12 months to absolutely nail this. One of the approaches we use is go-to-market. And it's how you effectively communicate a new product launch. And again, it utilizes principles from a consumer perspective, because essentially, your people from an HR perspective are your customers. And so we framed our, our reference back to some policy launches we've done. It's all about how do you create the right narrative around it, the impact it will have for your people, the impact it will have from a commercial perspective, because I think if it's not contributing to your commercial perspective or your strategy, are you doing the right thing? There's big questions there, like has it got value back for the organisation? It's a two-way deal here. And then I think the other piece is, when you go to market, it's are you targeting individuals in the right way? So have you created an buzz and an excitement in your leadership teams about what this means for their teams? how it meets the needs of your people, what a problem is it solving. And then we had um, quite a, a lovely and flashy campaign that go with some of our product launches, just like you would a new product to the external market. And I believe in doing post-implementation reviews. So you'd start up with, these were our objectives, this is how we're going to measure success. And you review post-implementation in the first six weeks. You go back six months down the line and you're shouting about the great impact this has had on your people. And what improvements you've made, that continuous improvement and feedback from the experience of those those
1: customers using your products. And I think that's a really good point in terms of articulating it internally to your people and making sure that they're aware of the amazing stuff that you're doing. But also, I think, externally, what is your sort of thoughts, Joss, on on actually how do you communicate your, you know, entire HR initiatives? I guess your, your EVP, your employee value proposition, how do you articulate that to an external audience as well?
2: the audience may or may not be aware, we've sort of in a, a joint venture with GoToMedia and O2, which maybe has come up with an entirely new employee value proposition, whilst the organisation is figuring out who it wants to be, what its direction of travel was. And I think for me, the most pivotal thing is whatever you choose to market externally needs to resonate internally. So how people actually experience the organisation, what you're selling, needs to be tangible and real. And I think the more authentic you can be and the more aligned you are with your brand promise and your brand purpose, the strength that you have in that employee value proposition. So if you've sold this amazing organisation to work for and people step in and it's a little bit chaotic and and doesn't quite look the way that you described it, it's inauthentic and you've lost that sphere already. So I think authenticity Bucketting it up into, again, what people want. So when we looked at our employee value proposition, we did an outside perspective as well. What do people want? How do people perceive our brand? And we did that both internally and externally and positioned a story that actually told that we were on this journey to become this organization. We weren't where we wanted to be yet, but that was the exciting part of joining us.
0: Yeah. How was that received then? What was the kind of feedback that you got from that?
2: So we've just launched our these site, so I'll have to come back to you yes, on that, because so very, yeah, sorry.
0: Very far, so good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to get some feedback. Maybe we'll uh, we'll drag Joss on, on the uh, the pod in uh, in about six months time or a year's time just to get some feedback from that perspective. But when we were talking last time, you also talked about HR as an opportunity to be have a true sort of like end-to-end function. So can we just sort of elaborate on that, just touch on that just a little bit, if that's all right?
2: i come from a particularly large enterprise with lots of divisions and lots of functional teams in those divisions, so it can be quite siloed. Each division often has their mindset status on, well, these are the things I need to accomplish, and that's what I need for my people. But don't think about the broader team. And we position ourselves as Team VMO2, that's 16,000 individuals. And I think HR has a really unique perspective in that they need to do the right thing for both the organisation in its entirety, and for our people mm. and that gives you a unique view of how you create an end-to-end that is both equitable it considers the bigger picture and not silo focused so i think there's a real opportunity for hr to play in the space without walls
0: yeah i love it i love it so we're sort of coming towards the end of today's podcast that's flown by really quickly but i just wanted to get your take so if there's somebody listening in right now And they're thinking about how do I get the headspace so I can think a little bit more strategically. Is there any sort of advice that you would say, maybe to a a version of yourself that's maybe in another business that's only just started some of the journeys that you've gone? Is there anything you would say, do this?
2: I would lift your head out into the world of white papers and podcasts and don't just look at what we're doing in consumer spaces, understanding how data is utilized to sell the most to customers. And then understand well, how do I apply that to our people. I think staying relevant in you know subject matters that are not just HR focused, understand what's happening in the macroeconomic context, understand what the commercial drivers are for your organization, stay some time with finance. They're a great function. Get them to explain to you how you make money in your org, get what the commercial leaders are, and then always take an outside in perspective that's data led I think would be my advice.
0: Yeah, I love that. Always take that outside in perspective, get closer to the other functions. And that's when ultimately you can start to learn that you know, how do we improve our own sort of branding size? What does Utopia look for you? So we've had this conversation around, does HR have a branding problem? We're, we're living in the now right now. What do you think Utopia looks like in maybe five, six, seven years' time? If we're having this conversation, if HR as a function has, has woken up, what do you think the world looks like? The
2: world looks like it is a people-led organisation, right? So HR is the starting point for your strategy. You sit together at the table, you've got the seat, you've got the voice, and you're there shaping the start of it. And every HR function has the opportunity to play in it, to create a better world for the people in it, understand how the impacts of really changing macroeconomic context plays into it. That's my vision, is that HR is there at the start, not an afterthought of, what do we need to do for our people at the back end of this?
0: Yeah it's it's being it's not being re- reactive it's being that proactive entity isn't it and actually also businesses needing to realize that as an organization if we want to you know build our own productivity our successes as an organization we need to be people led Just it's been absolutely amazing having you on the podcast today thank you very much for helping us put the world to rights today where can people find you um on the socials are you uh, on linkedin or if somebody wants to connect with you
2: Yeah, LinkedIn is a great place to connect, so I'd love to meet some new people.
0: Yeah, lovely. Georgie, fabulous having you on, making your debut. That was all right, wasn't it?
1: It was great. What an interesting conversation! And thanks again, Joss, for joining us on the podcast. It was amazing hearing your hearing your brain and all of the thoughts that 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 go on in it. You were so articulate as well in sort of explaining. I think what can be quite a complex topic and yeah. making it really engaging. So yeah, I had such a such a great time this morning.
0: No, it was absolutely brilliant. So listen, um, of course, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud alexa all of those different places and of course as i always say every week you can access a variety of different content pieces that we produce we produce white papers blog content video content that you can get on, access to on the lace partners website which is lacepartners.co.uk forward slash insights and uh, hopefully we will speak to you next time on the hr on the offensive podcast Bye-bye.